Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Roshan. It's a Friday, so it's a transfer wrap-up day, yeah? Yeah, it is. And it's a feel-good Friday as well. I tell you who's feeling good. Jordan Henderson after securing that big money move to Saudi Arabia. Uh, it is true. And uh, to be fair, it seemed to be quite emotional for some Liverpool players, as you'll share with us in just a while. Uh, but he is teaming up with his former captain, uh, former teammate, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, he is. And I've come on record and said that Steven Gerrard is one of my all-time favourites. And you can understand Jordan Henderson, current Liverpool captain, gets the call from the former Liverpool captain to join him at Al Etifak to try and cruise up Saudi Arabia's football as well as his team's midfield. And I can understand why he's heeded the call, money aside. Really, seven hundred thousand pounds a week. <laughs> I, I mean, would you would you would you turn down an offer to triple your salary? I can say on record, I wouldn't. So I understand that aspect as well. But. To your point, Jordan Henderson has really been a Liverpool stalwart, been there for 12 years, been the captain for half of that duration, won everything the club has wished and wanted to. And as you mentioned earlier, some of the Liverpool players put their thoughts together in terms of a farewell for a man they fondly call Skipper. Well, that uh, or those farewell thoughts are running on their official social media pages as well. So let's have a listen to that first. Up next, I want to discuss with you, Raushan, is Jordan Henderson same captain level as Steven Gerrard? But first, let's listen to this. Hendo, it's a bit strange to think about this club without you. Skipper, legend. Hendo, Skip, Jord, I don't even know where to start. Just wanted to say a massive thank you first and foremost for everything really. We played together six years. It was my pleasure to play with you. Everybody loves you here. What a great captain, what a great person you are. We had an unbelievable time together. We shared so many good moments. The thing that sticks out the most for me about you, about my time at, at Liverpool was the season we won the Premier League, how focused you were. You just got in a groove and, and we kind of went off your energy and you made sure that we all achieved our dreams and we all achieved the dreams of, of the fans of bringing the Premier League eventually to, to Liverpool. We were not in a good place as a team and, and one day you held a speech. At that moment I really thought like, yeah, you're, you are the real, the real skipper of the team. Obviously we're going to miss you, I'm going to miss you. I don't know exactly what to say, but um, we're going to miss you a lot. Everybody in the team is going to miss you. I hear the word captain and automatically you're the, you're the person that springs to mind. So thank you for everything, Skip. Okay, emotions, for sure. I don't know. Uh, he certainly means something to his teammates. Yeah, he certainly means something to his teammates. And I think to the fans as well. Look, I think I speak for vast majority of Liverpool fans when I say I wasn't convinced when he made the step up from Sunderland mm. to Liverpool. He did struggle a little and then he was given that all-important task of leading the team when Steven Gerrard left. So I think it was very, very big shoes to fill. Whoever stepped into the place of Steven Gerrard, who's probably one of the all-time Premier League greats, but eventually he did come through, especially in the pandemic years. I think when the stadium was quieter, you could hear Jordan Anderson on the pitch, orchestrating things, being almost the manager on the pitch. And he did wear that armband with distinction. So I think big shoes to fill, yes, but he did capably as much as he can. I tell you what, though, I think Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp have a big decision now because he's in, left uh, a gaping hole in terms of captaincy and leadership for the Liverpool team. 
So I kind of see it slightly differently in terms of uh, that whole, uh, although I can't really comment on behind the scenes. Maybe behind the scenes, he's he's a real captain. He really motivates the team in the dressing room, things like that, right? But on the field, at least, we've seen Jurgen Klopp slowly transiting away. So next year is going to be very crucial for that Liverpool midfield. We, we already know this. Um, you, you, we, discussing this whole point of whether Jordan Henderson is Steven Gerrard caliber, I think the fact that Jordan Henderson lifted the Premier League trophy should be enough. You know, that alone should cement his legacy. And I'm quite happy for him that he's able to ride off into the sunset um, and team up with an ex-Liverpool uh, player uh, to and, and make some money, you know, before he retires. Uh, is it too soon, though, for him? Could he have maybe done one or two more years in a lower league club? Uh, he possibly could have. He's 33 now and possibly yeah. he could have stayed in English football slightly longer because I think this move doesn't just have impact on his Liverpool legacy, but it might go into Gareth Southgate's thoughts because is he really going to get okay. the call-up for England yeah. anymore because yeah. you're playing in Saudi Arabia rather than yeah. the Premier League. That's to be wait-and-see kind of situation, right? But it's interesting the point you bring up. Could he have extended his stay in England a bit more? I... I err on the side of this idea that Saudi Arabia is where it's at now. And if he missed the boat this time, possibly the call may never come to Saudi Arabia again. And the way Liverpool were revamping their midfield as well, bringing in McAllister, bringing in yeah. Swazlai, there was no certainty that Henderson was going to be a starting figure in that first eleven, right? So perhaps mm. he weighed it out and suggested, look, I want to be playing week in, week out. Where can I get this and where can I get it handsomely paid? And then he heeded the call to go to Saudi Arabia. So we give him that that legacy that he deserves, that level that he deserves. But what's interesting is, I, I think because of that, right, it feels like this move to Saudi Arabia has brought along or has helped to resurface a whole set of baggage that comes with playing in the Saudi League. You can't help but think about the whole LGBTQ plus uh, sort of issues uh, down there. And some ex-players have come out to speak out as well. Yeah, they certainly have. I think uh, Rio Ferdinand was one of the first ones to call out Jamie Carragher for making that comment about selling out to Saudi, this whole illusion of sport washing, obviously the issues you bring up with LGBTQ+, as well. And Jordan Henderson was an advocate for these things. I've seen some Twitter uh, rants going around mm. about how he used to wear the armband, which was the rainbow armband that signaled his intention to support yes. this cause. And now suddenly he's given all that up. So there are question marks. But as we found out from a couple of former professional players who are Darren Bent and former Lioness Leanne Sanderson talking on Talk Sport, they feel Jordan Henderson has nothing to prove anymore. He can stand for those things despite playing in Saudi Arabia. Here's what they had to say. Have a listen. The thing that I will talk about is obviously the LGBTQ plus community, right? Mm. This has come up a lot because obviously he's been a big advocate for, advocate for us. And I think I don't think it means that he's sold out because he's gone to Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I think at the end of the day, we saw at the World Cup in Qatar, everybody was talking about how bad it is and everybody still went. Yeah. So, you know, let's not be hypocrites in this situation. And I think if you're offered that type of money, then you would go, wouldn't you? But I don't think it's life-changing for him what he's been offered from what I've yeah. seen. And I think he probably could have gone anywhere else. So it's a weird one. But I don't think it means that he doesn't care about the LGBTQ plus community because he's gone there because it doesn't work like that. Do you think he's not... Maybe in a few of the players that have gone there, and quite a few of them have spoke out about the community and maybe it's about change as well. Maybe trying to... I get it, he was a big advocate for it, but he's going over there maybe to help change. Do you know what I mean? Change people's perceptions of that community over in Saudi Arabia. And that's what, what I, mean? I tried to do as well. Like when I went to Qatar, like I got pelters, but I'm like, I'm going. Mm. What am I going to do? Hide. 
You know, and to be honest, I believe if you respect the culture, they'll respect you. You know, yeah. my fiance came out there with me. There was no issue. So sometimes I think in the media, there's a lot of, you know, there's a circus around it. And it'll be interesting to see at the next World Cup. It's all another st- st- subject. Canada, Mexico and USA, what people talk about then. Because mm. there's a lot of things in those countries that are not okay. So with Jordan Henderson going to Saudi, I wish him well. It is, you know, all the players going, I'm not going to lie. It's quite sad, isn't it? But money talks at the end of the day. Wherever the most money is, people will go. Even if it is to the moon, they will go. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you, I mean, who who wouldn't play on the moon, right, for money? But (laughs) is Jordan Henderson a sellout? The sellout question is a difficult one because, yes, to some extent, he did go because they tripled their wages. Let's not lie or beat around the bush about that. But he also went because he has this chance to be reunited with Steven Gerrard and try and achieve something over there. And the same people who are calling uh, Jordan Henderson a sellout at the moment, the Merseysiders will celebrate when or if Jordan Henderson and Steven Gerrard do bring some glory to their club in Saudi Arabia. You know what I hate about this is that you're a footballer and people tend to forget that you are making a name for yourself. This is your career, right? Just like you and I, we have our careers. And someone bigger comes along with more money, obviously, to tempt you over. Such is the way of life. And people are unhappy questioning your loyalty. I mean, just because you're going to make more money, just because you are thinking maybe about your family, that doesn't make you disloyal because your loyalty comes not to your to your job first or your football club first. It comes to you and your family first, right? It does. And it comes to your craft as well, right? You yeah. you want to use the craft, one thing you're good at, to try and make the best you can. And that's why I completely agree with you when you say, why are people questioning loyalty? I tell you what, in football this day and age, two things have been changed over time. That's loyalty and transfer fees. Both, I, I think, are overrated. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. see one-club players like when we used to watch football growing up anymore. And transfer fees, they're just through the roof because of inflation, because of all this money coming in from left, right and centre. So there's plenty of questions, but I do think Jordan Henderson doesn't have to shy away from anything. I believe, I strongly believe he will continue to stand for those causes despite playing in a league that's not fond of those causes, shall we say. Having said all that, and just a quick point to, to wrap everything up, is there now a bit of pressure or expectation that these guys, these big Premier League stars, these social media influencers, pressure on them to make a change in certain aspects of Saudi Arabia culture? Possibly, possibly. I think yeah, if you are looking yeah. at the likes of, we talk about money being a motivating factor, but when you consider Ngolo Kante used to drive a Volkswagen Golf yeah. in the UK, I don't think he's motivated by a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or that kind of money. He's going there for the reasons we've already discussed, to continue to try and play football at a good level and continue to try and find his feet and earn a good keep while he's at it. So I think the Premier League need to shy away from or move away from the the labels they're trying to put on the Saudi League because as we've discussed in previous episodes, whether we like it or not, I feel Saudi Arabia is here to stay. And that's why Mm -hmm. the sooner we embrace it and understand that they do have a part to play in the footballing ecosystem, the better for all of us football observers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about labels, uh, let's move on to another club with a label, Strikerless United, as they struggle uh, against Real Madrid in pre-season. A 2-0 loss to Madrid. Uh, and of course, Eric Ten Hag didn't look too happy. People already judging. So where's your striker? Yeah, I mean, this one is funny, right? You sometimes say preseason results don't matter and then suddenly when a team like Manchester United lose, suddenly it's all in the headlines, it's overblown. I I guess Ten Hag has not shied away from the fact that he wants a striker and 
he did mention post-match that United could have been more clinical in front of goal and they are desperately looking for a striker. Let's listen in. Two things. At the, the pressing can be better and scoring goals. And I think we need more players who are, are capable. So uh, we have our targets. Um, in the background, we are um, uh, 24-7. We are busy with it uh, to get uh, the right player uh, sign a contract for us. Before the start of the season, do you think you'd get a new face in there? It's always difficult to say, eh? but we are working 24-7. Eh? We do, uh, and everyone, not everyone, but a lot in the club, uh, give all the power to get this done. Raushan, that striker target, everyone knows uh, the worst-kept secret is Atalanta forward Erasmus Hoyland. Uh, but a lot of reports circulating around that uh, Atalanta wants a lot more money than United are willing to pay. Yeah, that, that, that line I've seen is a bid is incoming, a bid is incoming, personal terms have been agreed. But it seems like United are taking their time to discuss transfers this season at least. They took yeah. their time with Mason Mount. They got him in early, but they took their time to structure a deal. Same with Onana, and I believe Hoyland will be the same. The latest reports seem to suggest PSG have come in with like a £45 million bid. Whether that is just Atlanta trying to up the price or whether that is mm. PSG actually trying to fill a mbappe size hole, time will tell. But the good news is I feel Hoyland wants to come to the club. And with most of the players that Ten Hag has brought through the window, they want to play for Manchester United. And that's different from before, right? However, having said that, time is running out because the Premier League season starts, what, in two, three weeks? So yeah. when a striker comes, a 20-year-old striker as well, he's going to need time to acclimatise. Hey, I don't know, man. There's still potential for that plot twist. Uh, Harry Kane situation not solved, you know? Uh, if he doesn't succeed with the Bayern Munich, and since Spurs have left Singapore already... Who knows? I mean, the question is, has Harry Kane left Singapore while Spurs have left Singapore? Because Bayern are in town. But to answer your question, I had this conversation, I think, with you, Offer, and a couple of other football fans in terms of, would Harry Kane, if United came calling, really choose Bayern Munich over Manchester United? And I say this as a Manchester United fan. Bayern are challenging for titles compared to Manchester United. But we know Harry Kane has that all-time Premier League goal-scoring record in his sights. So... I would, I would be inclined to think he would choose Manchester United over Bayern Munich. Whether the FFP regulations will allow for that, I don't know. But it would be, I would love nothing more than for a late plot twist, as you mentioned, for Harry Kane to come to Manchester United because he's ready-made. We talk about needing time to settle in for 20-year-old Rasmus Hoyland. I don't think Harry Kane needs that. He's been there. He's done that season after season. He just has to take what he brought the Spurs to Manchester United and lead the line with distinction. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.